Hey everybody, how you doing on this beautiful Wednesday? It's Pastor Josh here, and we're in episode 13 of our midweek podcast. And again, I, I can't say it enough. Like, thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate it. We hope this is helpful for you. And today, the story that we're looking at, the close encounter that we're looking at, is actually that of Mary and the angel uh, that tells her that she is going to give birth to the Son of God. You can find the story, Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. And uh, the two big questions that Pastor Marvin really brings up uh, in this is, why is the virgin birth important? And his three points on that one uh, very clearly are, it, it fulfills prophecy, it gives Jesus the right to rule, and it affirms his sinlessness. Now, all of that ultimately to say that what God said he would do, he did. Even in the midst of what seems completely impossible, I think the thing that we can pull out of there is that when God says he's going to do something, he does it. He doesn't necessarily do it our way. He doesn't do it maybe the way that we think he should do it. He doesn't do it a lot of times the way that we want him to do it. And yet when he says, I'm going to do something, he does it. So out of that, there were three other spaces. So that's that's why is the virgin birth important? And then the second is, what difference does the virgin birth make in my own life? And the first thing that Pastor Marvin goes after is that it means that my faith is rooted in historical fact and credible eyewitnesses. I actually had this moment yesterday with my son where we were in the car and he says to me, Dad, I, I don't know if this whole faith thing is actually true. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I, I think that's normal. I mean, you're, you're 12 turning 13. Like, l- let's talk that out. Let's flesh that out. What, is it, what does that look like? In, in what way do you not think it's normal? And he says, well, like, it's hard to believe in something that you can't see. And I said, that's true. That's very true. So I asked him the question, like, so, so do you believe that Jesus, you know, was a real person? He said, yeah, I do. I said, okay, well, do you believe that he was the son of God? Yeah, I do. Okay, great. Do you believe that he died and rose three days later? Yeah, I do. I was able to have this conversation with my son right after that to tell him, like, you you actually do have faith with the things that matter. The secondary issues, the stuff that conflicts our hearts, the stuff that, you know, is their existential questions, the stuff that's hard to understand, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, we all have those questions. We all have those struggles. And I was able to encourage him that way. But ultimately, the reality is he didn't have a hard time with believing in the historical fact that Jesus was an actual person that walked the earth. He didn't have a problem believing that he, he had followers that followed him and, and promulgated a gospel that went beyond himself. Like, he doesn't have a problem with that. I think that is probably one of the most important things to bring out in when it comes to our faith is that it actually is rooted in, in factual things, right? It is actually rooted in credible eyewitnesses. When they put together the New Testament, ultimately what they did was they said, we are going to take sources that are credible, that have been actually either people who have hung out with Jesus, first-hand accounts, or secondary-hand accounts of people who wrote down the words of folks that had first-hand accounts with Jesus, so when they were putting it all together, they actually threw out books like the Gospel of Thomas because it was too far removed from the actual first century where Jesus walked and breathed. Now, 
the reality is that brings up a whole other slew of questions. But what I want you to hear is that your faith is actually rooted in some stuff that is actually true. There's a Jewish historian named Josephus that was in the first century, around the time that Jesus was was alive. He was, he, he was alive while Jesus was alive, while Paul was alive, while all these people that we read about in the Bible were alive. And he, he denotes the fact that those people actually walked around and actually talked and actually had a following and did things. So for you and I, the question of faith, it's not that it's rooted in some kind of like airy-fairy weirdness. It's that the, the stuff that has happened actually did happen, factually did happen. Even when you look at the amount of New Testament manuscripts throughout the ages, there are thousands, like hundreds of thousands of them. And there are other people's writings like Plato where you don't have as many manuscripts, and yet we never discount the fact that what Plato said as a philosopher was true that he was an actual person that lived and wrote things. I mean, we don't, we don't discuss that fact. We're like, oh, yeah, well, he, he was a real person. Well, if we do that for somebody who has less manuscripts than the New Testament, and all of those manuscripts are quite consistent in terms of the way that they are read, the way that they have been written down, the, the, the continuation of, of the language in it, I mean, it's very consistent in all of those hundreds of thousands of manuscripts. That's all there. And so your faith whether you know it or not, is actually grounded in tons and tons of truth and of fact and of credible eyewitnesses that have written down things. So be encouraged, okay, that your faith is not just something that somebody pulled out of, you know, a fairy tale. That the people that you actually hear about, like Jesus and Paul and David and, you know, Abraham, all of these people actually existed at some point as physical people. They are not the figment of somebody's imagination. Secondly, God makes the impossible possible. Luke 1.37 says this, for nothing is impossible with God. I mean, the joy of this point is that God breaks through all of the all of the normal stuff, right? Like he breaks through what should be natural. A woman getting pregnant from her husband, you know, there's the natural biology of it. God supersedes all of that, breaks through all of the natural norms, breaks through what is impossible so that he can make something possible, you know, the redemption of humanity. It's, it's a super, I mean, it's an amazingly powerful point. And what I think is important to notice here is that, and Pastor Marvin brought this up, that Mary is positioned for a miracle, right? Like, and I'm, I'm not talking about, oh, you know, she's, she's in a specific position to, to get it because of who she was. It's that her heart was open to just saying, you know, whatever you want, God, I'm open to that, whatever you want. And really, at the end of the day, when you think about Mary's situation, this is not the most convenient for her. Oh, hey, how did you get pregnant? Well, the Holy Spirit overshadowed me. <laughs> how you like that? I mean, it doesn't play well with relatives, right? It's not something that you would necessarily say to people and expect them not to think that you're crazy. It's not that it was convenient for her. It was that the position of her heart was, God, whatever you want for me, whatever that looks like, I'm open to it. 
Many of you actually do need a miracle today. I mean, some of you are going through some physical stuff that's really hard. Some of you have relational things that are just devastating your heart, especially with Christmas coming around. You're very nervous about getting together with, with, uh, with relatives and, and people that you love. But there are others of you that you're waiting for a miracle a particular way. And really, what can hold us back is that when we're expecting it one certain way, we miss that God is doing things and he's doing miraculous stuff on the other side. And it's not wrong to expect it uh, away, like a healing, for example. But the reality is that through your pain, there's purpose. Through your pain, God might be working to do something even bigger than just physically healing you. And while we're on the topic of healing, it's incredible how a lot of Christians get obsessive about healing, and yet healing in this life is still only temporary. Isn't that? It will never lead you to be able to live forever. At some point, you are going to die, and the only thing that can heal you from death and separation from God forever is Jesus. Right? Physical healings, as fantastic as they are, are really just a foreshadow for the ultimate healing that goes beyond the day that you die. Yes, we want God to step into our moments. We want God to, to take over the situations that trouble us, the circumstances that we can't control, and the problems that maybe we are the ones that have, have made for ourselves. And yet, a lot of the times... The miracle is that God is not going to necessarily take you out of the circumstances, situations, and problems that you're facing. What he does, rather, is that he steps into them and is with you through it and turns them into this space of beauty. He takes the messes that we have made and he, he helps us to get the tools that we need to clean them up and to make them beautiful. And then ultimately, he's the, he's the hero of that whole thing. He can take what is absolutely impossible, like a marriage that is breaking down. He can take, you know, kids that don't talk to their parents anymore. He can take anything and everything that seems messed up, bruised up, broken, and he can move it towards redemption and fullness and wholeness. So today, I, the encouragement for you is if you need a miracle, ask for it, but be very intentional to keep your eyes and hearts open in a position just like Mary's that says, whatever you want, God, however you give it to me, I'm okay. And lastly, the point that Pastor Marvin makes is this, that the virgin birth actually gives our celebration meaning. I mean, it changed everything, didn't it? The very fact that Jesus is born to a virgin, the way that he was, means that you and I can celebrate in ways that we were never able to before. It means that there was an actual Savior that came to save us from sin and from ourselves. It means that there is something deeper to our purpose on the planet than just living and dying. It means that we can now be reconnected to the God that we love so much. There is incredible beauty in the virgin birth, right? It's not just the fact that that's how it had to happen. It's that the meaning behind it ultimately is that it demonstrates that there is a God who pursued us after the fall in the garden to get to us, and he paid all of our debt through his son, Jesus. 
And he is the one ultimately that initiated it. That's the ultimate meaning of the virgin birth, right? That God is the one initiating. He's not the one waiting for us to come to him. He's running after us, pursuing us, wanting us to know him. I mean, he initiates it all, right? He initiates stuff. Remember last week with Joseph? He's the one that talked to Joseph. That could have been a a really bad situation. He's the one that initiates the conversation with Mary. He's the one that overshadows her. He's the one that gives his son so that he can be the perfect substitute and sacrifice that can pay the debt that we owed him from the garden. And now we get to know him again. Like the virgin birth, as much as it seems weird and it's awkward in some senses, right? Like even the word overshadow her. I mean, like it gets weird. But ultimately, what it should show us is that God is the initiator of our redemption, that God is the initiator who actually wants us. And like, listen to me very clearly, please. Jesus loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you. Yes, you're imperfect. Yes, you got stuff. Yes, there's things going on. Yes, there's, there's, there's issues that you don't seem like you can overcome. Yes, there's absolute relational things where you're messing up. Yes, there's money stuff. Yes, there's all of these things. But at the end of the day, the meaning of the virgin birth is so important that God saw it fit. He saw you as important enough to send his son, that he's the one that initiated all of it so that you could have a relationship with him, so that he could be part of your everyday, mundane, ordinary life. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We, we so appreciate you taking the time. We hope that it is a useful tool for you to be able to take the sermons from Sunday and kind of process them in a different way, practically. What, what does that look like in my own life? And if you want to listen to the other episodes that we've, we've put out, you can find those, elamchurch.podbean.com, small group questions, follow questions are there for you as well. If you have iTunes, just search up Elam Church. You'll find us there. Lastly, if you have any questions about Elam as a church, you can go to our website, elamchurch.ca. We would love to connect with you. Just you can find all of our staff members, all of the info that you're looking for there. Uh, We, again, would love to get to know you. So if you reach out, somebody will reach right back and we want to have a conversation about how we can help you grow in your faith. So again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 14. 